Welcome to Everyday Androvian, a podcast to help us walk more closely with Jesus. I'm Josh. Hello, Josh. And I'm joined by my co-host, Jono. And it's a pleasure to be with you again on Everyday Androvian. Our 30 plus viewers, stroke (laughs) listeners. (laughs) It's wonderful to have each and every one of you. (laughs) Now, we come to you, well, I guess in somewhat of a crisis still, a strange time, a time that's, well, not like any other that I From a hygienic bunker. (laughs) That's right. We are at least three meters slash two two noodle lengths, pool noodle lengths apart. Full pool noodle Mm -hmm. lengths. Yep. So we are very safe here. And um, we're, of course, in the midst of this COVID thing. Mm. Jono, what's your take? I'd like to call it a this worldly crisis. And what do you mean? What do you mean by this worldly? All right. It's important that everyone knows it's a compound world. This worldly, it means that what is in crisis right now, I think, are three things or three main things. Physical health, economic security, and our social life together. So we don't live in isolation. Normally, we live as, 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 as groups of people in a society together. And I think those three things are compromised yes. right now. And that's what has people afraid and anxious. And walking at different sides of the path through the park. That's right. So Eating you're, burgers at opposite ends of a bench, for example. Oh, it's a sad scene. Mm. So you're saying, though, that that's this worldly yeah. as opposed to? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> what, what do I mean, this worldly? Uh, well, before we get there, I just want to say that this kind of puts us in a survival mode. I, I think it's fair to say that the default way of people operating living right now is I'm just trying to get by. Yeah. I'm just trying to survive. People are counting down what, the 90 days yeah. that allegedly we have We're left. just so or, keen for those three months to be up mm. and, and for things to go back to normal. Mm. Yeah. Um, I say this worldly because um, coming back to this idea of worldview, if you're a Christian, mm. you believe it's not just about this world. Mm. So these things matter and they're important like health, jobs and um, friendships and family and so on. But they're not ultimate, and our and our life doesn't consist in these things being perfectly maintained. Mm-hmm. Um, so even those these things are compromised for everyone right now. Christians don't actually just need to be in survival mode. Mm. We need to be sensible, responsible. But the goal of the Christian life, as as we've heard recently in church, um, it, it, it involves growth. It doesn't just involve a static existence, staying where you are and just hoping that things will sort of pass over when they're difficult. Rather, difficulty. Um, actually, in the purposes of God, presents us with an opportunity, an opportunity to to grow. Mm. And um, and what we were thinking about, we were, <laughs> yeah, we're always thinking. <laughs> we're always, we try to. It's it's better than I suppose being um, not thinking. Yeah, uh, the, the quality well, of what dog think for you <laughs> that would be bad. It doesn't work out. Some dogs are quite intelligent. Yeah, I don't know which. <laughs> <laughs> You know, uh, yeah, moving the, on from dogs, though. The thing that strikes me about what you were just saying, Jono, is that, like, these things are never our, like, main goal in life. They're never our, you know, our only kind of support. As a Christian, they're, mm. Mm. they're always things that um, can, you know, go up and down, but our, our spiritual life is not um, affected negatively by that. It could actually be grown through that. Yeah. And that's the case all the time. But right now, it's particularly evident to us, I think. Our vulnerability is particularly um, obvious. 
Yeah, and and recognizing that we can grow. Mm. That you know, it's not like that 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 we're not stopped from growing. I think that's important. First yeah. of all, it's a perspective thing. It's about thinking about actually. No, I don't just need to sur- like. I can do more than survive. Maybe there are ways in which I can grow in my trust in God. Yeah, yeah. And um, exploring that is what we'd like to do today, particularly with this um, this idea or just this present reality of anxiety mm-hmm. and um, and anxiousness. Andrew had a nice definition. The local theologian. <laughs> yeah. The revered local, local theologian. All right. And so Andrew defined anxiety like this. Anxiety is that sense that you're on your own in a world that is too big, too uncontrollable, too dangerous, and you can't fix it. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I think that's um, a feeling that is not a pleasant feeling to have, but one that to, to some level or another we can kind of all relate to, just that uncontrollableness of things. You, yeah. can, you can't, that, not being able to do anything about it. Yeah, and what's funny, or not funny, but, you know, it's just a thing, is that um, we can kind of, <laughs> there are multiple responses to something that induces or, or is likely to cause anxiety. You can actually try and control it. Mm. You know, so you can put in all this effort and this planning, work hard to try and control something that is, 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 is freaking you out. Mm-hmm. And we might call that the kind of control lens or the control approach mm-hmm. to something that has to do with anxiety. Um, Christians actually have this wonderful different option, mm-hmm. which we're, we're really advocating, which is sort of the, the, the prayer lens okay. or, or the prayer response. Yeah, Right. So you're kind of um, putting prayer as kind of the opposite to control. Yeah, I am. How, how do you mean? Okay. Well, prayer is, a, is, a, is an action that involves two persons. It involves the, the person who is facing something that could cause anxiety, something they, they struggle to control mm. or just actually can't control. And they're appealing to someone else, in this case, God our Father, to help, mm. to help us who can't do anything, to, to, to work through this thing and, 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 and to somehow rescue us. Yeah. So, so that's, that's the approach that, that, um, that I'm defining in opposition to control. Yeah, so it's, um, I guess, asking for help outside the situation Mm. Uh, wanting someone else, God, to reach reach into the situation and, and do something uh, that you are acknowledging you cannot do yourself. Yeah. Hence, it's yeah being opposite to trying to control and, and fix everything. Yeah. And the point I also want to make here is that in... I, I called it a, a, a prayer approach, but also a prayer lens, and that's because it changes the way we see things. Mm. Um, I've recently been reading the work of Pierce Taylor Hibbs, who's an American Christian and a, and a great thinker on this issue of anxiety. He himself has an anxiety disorder. I haven't been reading his work, John. <laughs> so I do hope you have a quote for us. Yeah, I've got a, I've, I've got a quote. So he's talking about um, how anxiety can put us in a praying position. So he's saying, adopt this position. This is what happens. Quote, when we develop a habit of praying, we also develop an ability to interpret the world and our experience in light of our prayers. We are always interpreting what happens around us and within us. And if we're not using prayer, together with meditating on Scripture, as a means of uh, shaping or directing our interpretation, something else is doing the shaping. There's no such thing as an uninterpreted life. Uh, That's why this language, I think, unquote, is is useful, this language of lens. Like if we're praying, Mm. there's a recognition actually... God is bigger than this problem I'm facing. 
God is my helper. Mm. I'm going to enlist his help and move forward mm. with that. Mm. You know, that's a different way of interpreting it to, oh my goodness, this thing's difficult. This thing's challenging. And I'm just going to try harder. Mm. And if I fail, well, I'll try harder mm-hmm. until I you know, somehow get on top of it, maybe, but with you know, what effort and tears and emotion and so on, mm. or, or it might break me actually. Yeah, because the yeah. fact is there's many things that we cannot get on top of. Yeah. We are, we're limited creatures as much as we want to try to buck against that. There's so many things in life we can't control. Mm. And the, the crazy thing about what, what you're saying about using prayer to, I guess, interpret as a kind of a lens of interpreting what's happening to us is that there doesn't, uh, need to be a change in the situation at all yeah. for kind of growth Important. to occur. Mm. It's it's all about the approach. Yeah. And I think God is more interested in changing us than the circumstances, whereas Oof. we're way more interested, yeah. I think, by default, in changing the circumstances to um, rather than, than us changing. Um, because we actually want difficulty out. That's how we view difficulty as an as an intruder, as something that shouldn't be there. It doesn't deserve to be there. I don't deserve this. Mm. Whereas the fact is, it's in there, and it's really difficult to eliminate sometimes. And so it's really worth thinking about. Well, actually, this problem is too big for me. I'm going to spend on God. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So using prayer uh, or biblically informed prayer mm. as a, a way of interpreting the difficult things that are going on, how does that help us with our anxiety? Yeah. Let's, do you want to do a couple of worked, well, worked examples? Yeah, or worked examples. Yeah. Because they're examples and we've worked on them. Yeah. <laughs> Only a little bit, but there has been yeah, some work. Not extensive, but, uh, yeah. So starting off from this position that our, our anxious thoughts, um, Andrew reminded us, tell a story. In other words, they, they tell us, you know, where our concerns are. It's worth sort of thinking through these three areas we started with, which yes. were health, health, jobs, economics, yeah. something like that, and like social relationships. That's it. Yeah. yeah. Great. Um, and so we've thought about these three areas and we've kind of got one reflection coming out of... Um, the dog's brain that we used to think about this. the dog's brain that sort of <laughs> powers the, 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 the thought process it of does. this podcast. <laughs> it's a very <laughs> powerful dog. <laughs> well, you can be the His judge of that. It's remain secret. Um, <laughs> So health, <laughs> let's, go, let's go there first. Let's go health. Uh, just sort of one cultural observation quickly. Um, uh, one Christian thinker, Carl Truman, has pointed out this, this language of saving lives has been used mm. again and again by decision makers. I had heard Trump doing that on, the, on his briefing just this morning. Yeah, it, it just, it's just common to say we need to save lives. Mm. And um, grimly but accurately, Carl Truman says, well, it's culturally tasteless but technically accurate to saying we're actually delaying death mm. um, we, because we're born to die. Mm. That, that, that's kind of the point he's making here. And uh, the way we think about life and death needs to be framed, we're suggesting, in light of Easter. Mm-hmm. Because in Easter, we get the real, for, as Christians, we get the real perspective on reality, mm. um, on life and death. And we know, actually, that all humans need to die because we've sinned. And Jesus deals with that on the cross. And then the fact is, well, actually, we're, we're still going to die. That's not avoidable. Mm. But Jesus rose from the dead. Mm-hmm. And that means that there's life after death. We can look forward to a resurrection and to a, to a hope of eternal life. Mm-hmm. And so taking that perspective, all of a sudden, 
even though we we want to be sensible about our health and some of us might get sick with this or mm. sick with other things mm. we know that that's not the final word we know that that actually easter is the final word the story of the cross and the empty tomb is the final word on this mm-hmm. and that should shape our thinking yeah and so i guess the challenge is to bring that and overlay it mm-hmm. across our other thoughts on health when we feel anxious about those we love who um, maybe catch the, the virus or have other health issues, when we ourselves are challenged with, um, with health problems, how do we then, um, I guess, overlay that thinking that Jesus has um, dealt with death once and for all? Uh, how do we overlay that idea on top of what we're thinking and interpret life through that lens rather than through the lens that says, you just have to get healthy again mm. or there's no other hope. Mm. Mm. And there's no, I mean, there's not, it's a, it's a difficult thing to do. It's not a very um, simple, practical thing. You just, you just do this thing and it's done. It's, it's a challenge and it's something that comes through prayer mm. um, that we were talking about earlier, that as you, as you read the word, as you pray to God, um, your mind and heart are being reshaped, thinking about life in a slightly different way. Yeah. And that's what we trust leads to less anxious thoughts. Mm. So that's the issue of um, health. Number one. Number one. To number two. To number two, the, the economy or, or, or jobs. So sadly, um, because of government measures, um, businesses have been... Um, compromise or scaled down and this has meant that people have um, been stood down or lost their job or just mm. have less access to work and, and that presents difficulties at the level of provision we were talking about mm. um, so, so how can we kind of counter this or or, or or bolster ourselves against this kind of an anxiety josh well i mean i guess the recognition um, about provision is that god is is the ultimate provider and that's something that, again, is the case all the time. Constantly through life, we are dependent on God for uh, food to eat, but even you know more fundamental things, even a heart to beat, air to breathe. Those things are good provisions of the Lord. And they're probably things that perhaps are a little bit more obvious to us just around this kind of time when we think, well, maybe we won't have the the resources to buy the stuff that we thought we could or mm. um, we're worried about where how we might get what we need to live. But the recognition that God is the provider all the time and in this time helps us, I think. Yeah, and I think it's pointed up a or pointed out a maybe a false dichotomy, this idea that um, God only provides when he intervenes. Mm. You know, like, oh, oh no, I need this. I need help with this or whatever. I need this in my life. Yeah. I'll pray really hard about that. I'll pray really hard and God graciously, you know, provides it. And we yeah. think, ah, oh, that's God providing. Mm. Whereas the fact is we pray, give us this day our daily bread. We might pray that in the morning and then in the next five minutes, grab the car keys, go to Woolies and buy Helga's. Naturally. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but the thing is that God has provided that bread. Yeah. You know, we think, you know, that's just us going and purchasing it. Yes. But at the same time, God is providing that. It's one and the same thing. Mm-hmm. You know, our action and his action so often coin- coincide like that. Mm. And just this recognition that God has always provided and he'll continue to provide. Mm. I think that will 
um, allay some of this anxiety. It's showing, well, actually, we've always been dependent on God. Mm-hmm. And the scripture says he knows what we need. And that's very comforting because he's good and loving. He knows what we need and he's promised to undertake for our provision. Yes. So just sort of meditating on that. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's probably still uh, us going out in the car to buy the bread, whatever brand it might be, um, <laughs> from the shop. <laughs> like practically probably... Tip Top is also good. <laughs> yeah. We're just going to have to name them all now, aren't yeah, we? Uh, Abbott's. No, that's a species of... I don't even know the gluten-free ones. Just go to Baker's a lot, yeah. maybe. I don't know. Anyway, we're still going to get in the car, go to the shops, buy the bread. Mm. But it's, it's about sort of... Uh, not changing our actions, but thinking about that in a different way. Yeah. Um, and being alert to the Lord's prayer in that moment, give us today our daily bread, as, as we buy the bread and go, He has provided. Mm. Yeah, and being grateful for yeah. that fact. Yeah. Not just sort of accepting it, but actually practicing a kind of gratitude. Yeah. Because we also want to be aiming at growth. Like, yeah. thank you, Lord, that you are my provider. Mm. Cool. Finally, the social aspects. Mm. It's difficult to see and be with people in the same way. In fact, we just, we, we, we can't. And I think this is something that everyone is feeling like acutely, like, cause some people are sick, mm. not everyone. So, some people have lost jobs, but I think everyone is, is, is feeling a lack of connection mm. with other people. Yeah. Zoom just doesn't fill that <laughs> hole. <laughs> yeah. Zoom land is, is not what we thought it would be. As yeah. someone said, it's not the utopia we thought we'd just sort of <laughs> skip into. No, that's right. We're all isolated because the regulations go across the board. Yeah. It's not just... Across the, the world. Across, across the, the world. Yeah. It's crazy. Everyone, everyone across literally the ev- world. More or less everyone is... Yeah. Except I heard there was... Yeah, yeah some... Antarctican resistance? <laughs> I heard about Antarctica. <laughs> I don't know about a president. I'm not sure where he was, but he was just sort of saying, it's all fake. Don't worry about it. And everyone was still going on as normal and it's, it's not good. Yeah. But we're all feeling isolated. Mm. What, what can we do about it? How can we, I guess layer over an interpretation how can we interpret um what's going on through the lens of the bible through prayer what do you reckon that looks like Jono? i think recognize what it is that we're missing clearly and the word that we were using which we've set it on is intimacy that's Mm. that's what we crave we crave intimacy that is uh sort of um that we crave that closeness with other people that assures us that where we're seen, we're valued, and we're loved. Mm. That's that's what all human beings crave. Whether they admit that or not, that that is what they crave and mm. that, and and what they need. Um, so at the at the human social level, that's harder. Mm. Now it's still possible, but it's harder. But I think we recognise that God isn't obstructed from loving us. Mm. We're, we're, our intimacy with God, God's intimacy with us, isn't cancelled or compromised by coronavirus. No, because God relates to us through his word. That's where we hear and experience actually the reality of God's love because we read about what he's done for us. We read about who he is to us. Mm. And, and, and so we don't, we haven't lost access to that intimacy, that, that, that private intimacy um, that we can experience, that knowledge and, and um, reality of God's love that's still accessible to us. That, mm. that, that's what we need to remember and, and, and not forget. Yeah, so he... God speaks to us in words, incredibly powerful theme throughout the Bible. Words, God makes the world by speaking. He gives promises. He um, he gives laws and he, he tells people who he is using words, human language, which is crazy. Mm. And so we can still be 
intimate with God in that way. And we can use words to, um, you know, harness some kind of intimacy with each other Yeah, as well. Um, it's, it's hard to, it's, I think intimacy is, is easy when you can be physically together because you can feel connected just by being. Yeah. You don't have to do anything or you just have to turn up essentially and you can feel part of something and, and, um, and known by people. But it's almost like when we're, we don't have that, we have to make a little more effort perhaps to, to put that into, into words. And I think words are powerful enough to do that for us. We just need to use them. Yeah, and so maybe here we're rediscovering the power of words, you know, because <laughs> there's like actions and being, right, that mm. you, you, you spoke about, and that's very important, fundamentally important, but actually words are very, very powerful. I mean, you read the Song of Songs, for example, that kind of uh, love duet or love dialogue mm. about uh, uh, a, a husband and, and his, uh, sorry, a, a bridegroom and his bride, and just it's just words, mm that are being described but you really get a sense of the richness and the intimacy mm. that's shared between the two just in the exchange of these words mm. um, Jono you have um, you have a, a I wouldn't call it a secret but something that people don't maybe know about <laughs> oh, yeah, you yeah, yeah. Uh, in, I, in relation I, to words <laughs> yeah, and, and your love for them <laughs> I'm a little bit old fashioned I still every so often write a letter um, and, and, and what I love about writing letters and re- receiving letters is the care put into each word. So you think carefully because usually you want to get a sort of a, a clean copy across, but mm. also just the act, the thoughtfulness. You can't mm. just text something, type something. It, it, it's, it's to an extent laborious or mm. um, there's real effort invested. And, that, and that, that act communicates the importance that you place on that friendship to the addressee. But also the words you use are, are, are very intimate. It's a very private act, writing and receiving a letter. Mm. And, and, and so just that form of communication is one that perhaps we can rediscover. But there are other ways we can think about using words creatively and meaningfully to mm. connect intimately with others. What might one have to do to receive a handwritten letter from you? Send me an email with a 100-word uh, brief persuasive argument as to why I should. Right, an email. It doesn't even have to be a letter. It doesn't be. even need to be a letter. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Right. And well, maybe send Easter eggs to my home address. Contact me if you'd like to get that detail. I'm sure there will be a flood of emails this week, <laughs> Jonathan. <laughs> Certainly be more Whenever than one from released. me. Whenever it's released. Well, that letters are actually interesting because they kind of almost touch on two categories because they've got the word aspect, but then you also get something. Yeah. You get, you get a delivery. Yeah. Um. You were mentioning you were doing some care packages or something? Yeah. So, um, my wife, who was a very thoughtful person, decided that um, our baby daughter's godparents, our, our, our good friends, we we um, recognized that they were doing it a little bit tough recently and she put together a, a care package, which I dropped off earlier in the week, and they were just profoundly grateful mm. for that. All I needed to do was just drive something mm from my place to their place and and that really lifted them. Yeah, someone had to make the care package as someone well. Someone right? had to make the care package. <laughs> so, I had a hand in it, but nevertheless it was a simple action and uh, and, and but it had a profound effect. Yeah. Like the the effect was greater than the you know the cause of the effects so to speak. Yeah, Little yeah. effort on my part, huge result on the other end. Yeah. Yeah. So that's an, I guess another example of just 
little things that we could do to increase intimacy in this environment. Yeah, and because intimacy has to do with love mm. and thinking about growth and not just surviving, now is an opportunity for the church to love, to mm. love one another and to love the outsider also. Mm. Um, because when this is over, we'll have an opportunity to think, well, what did happen? We'll think, well, terrible things happened, but in the midst of that, love was shown mm. and, 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 and God was seen through his church loving the world and, and, and through the church loving one another. Mm-hmm. So we need to think about those ways and enact them. Mm. So we've been talking about how we can, I guess, interpret our lives differently during this season, how we can use uh, the discipline of of prayer um, to think about things like health, like jobs, money, like relationships in a different way that actually brings about growth in us rather than just um, an ongoing kind of fight for survival. Yeah. Because we want to keep growing as Christians, um, no matter no matter what the season is, and it could be that this season, in particular, brings about certain types of growth. Mm. Yeah. So I think we're going to end today, Jono, with sort of practicing what we preach a little, right? Yeah. Um, and closing off in prayer, bringing some of these things before the Lord. That's it. Do you want to yeah, pray? I'll, I'll pray for us, and I'm going to pray um, with reference to these three areas that we've been speaking about. So let's pray. Loving Father, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for who you are, that you've created this world and you care for it. Uh, This virus, this crisis is known to you and we thank you, Lord, that you are acting in this world to bring about good. Father, we we pray for ourselves. Uh, We know we're anxious. We know that so often we try to control things rather than depend on you. We pray that you would um, instill in us uh, a, a sense of just how dependent we are on you. Father, we pray for those who are ill, that you would heal and comfort them. And we pray, Lord, that you would help us to meditate on the fact that your son died for our sins and rose again for our justification, that we might be restored to you. Help us to view life and death in light of the Easter story. Father, we pray for uh, those whose work and livelihood has been impacted um, by the, the shutdown, by the, the antivirus measures. We pray, Lord, that you'd help us to remember that you're our provider, that you always have been, and you will provide for us. Please help us to remember this, and please, Father, give us our daily bread. And finally, Lord, we we pray for for all of us, uh, especially those who feel lonely or isolated. We've been made uh, for intimacy with one another and with you. Thank you, Father, that we can be intimate with you through your word. And thank you, Father, that we can show love and intimacy to others in uh, creative ways. Help us to re-realize the power of words and also to uh, enact sensible uh, demonstrations of love and care um, in this time. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, until next time, thank you for being with the Everyday Androvian. Bye. Those delicious riffs were brought to you by Neo Rose.